Team Militia brings you End of Watch, starring Rosalind Kuiper and Boris Herman. And here we go. Welcome to another episode again. End of Watch, very soon for Rosie. Hello, good uh, morning, good afternoon. And thank you so much for this amazing feedback on the last episode. Yeah, actually very nice. We, we wrote all the emails out loud and uh, yeah, it's good to have some feedback. It's actually pretty funny when we kind of set up to, to start a podcast, we, we really have our habits. So It's nice that actually someone speaks to us. Yeah, it's very nice because it's starting to feel a little bit like, well, lonely almost. Well, we, yeah, <coughs> we don't speak so much to each other. Yeah, no, it's good. No, we, 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 we can't we, complain. We chit chat a little bit, but always when we set up to do another podcast, the first thing is we need food. So then we, we have lunch first, then we eat a little bit of chocolate to get the sugar level high. So then we're a bit more talkative and then uh, we sit down on the port side of the boat and Boris is always in the front in the front and I'm always in the back and even we, we wanted to start just now and I was sitting in the wrong place and then we get a bit confused. <laughs> it's amazing. I don't know how many episodes we did, but it has become a habit. Yeah, 25. A, a nice habit. Yeah. Imagine these people that do like 800 episodes. That's crazy. But it's really like a daily routine thing almost. Yeah. I mean, most people do it weekly. Or too, too weekly, but then, yeah, over 10 years or so. Yeah. Um, you could tell us, dear listeners, what is your favorite podcast? Yeah, I'm very curious. on the next sailing trip, we will have, again, light winds some, at, some at some point in our life. Yeah. Where we need good podcasts to entertain ourselves and get ourselves through this, what we're experiencing, experience, experiencing here right now. I wouldn't call it boredom, but well, a it, little bit. It, I would is, call it, boredom. it is a challenge, a mental challenge, you know, normally we are fulfilled with the energy of the boat and yeah, the stress, and, and the, the Exactly, and the wind and the waves and you're just full on all the time, sail changes, maneuvers and now... The racing, like, the, racing, the it's noise, exciting. Yeah, you need to like be there in the moment, exactly. you need to ease the sheet so the boat doesn't broach and everything gets yeah. destroyed. And you need to get up on time because, because you're always, you're, you're living on the edge and on the limit and uh, if you mess it up, things go wrong and now it's just like... The first three days I kind of enjoyed and now I'm at the point of I'm almost rested. I slept so much. <laughs> I'm very cross with the rush rhythm at the moment. I've never been before. Normally the four hours on and off works well for me. But at the moment I kind of at night I was so tired. I wanted to really sleep longer. Uh, yeah, I remember. And in the day I can't go to sleep. <laughs> can't get in the rhythm. Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit different. I don't know. How is it for you to... Uh, so at the moment Boris sleeps in the, in, in the uh, dark room up front and I'm in the master bunk in, in the back, the navigation bunk because I share with Nico. How is it for you to sleep in the, in the dark room? <coughs> yeah, it's quite good. It gets a bit uh, stuffy air uh, when oh, yeah. the sun shines on it for a few hours. <laughs> then I kind of crawl out and open the door. <laughs> yeah. The watertight bulkhead door so that there's a little bit of airflow. <laughs> At night, if that door is open, the airflow is way too cold. Um, so no, I'm not. I'm not um, complaining. Of, I'm not the dark picky. room. <laughs> You're the dark room is just perfect. The dark room is pretty good, and we actually we talk about when you do handover of your watch. So Boris and Will, they're they're um, they're um, swapping bunks, and then you change watch. Where you say, okay, guys, 
uh, in my watch this happened and this is the seal trim and we expect this in the weather and we have the rudder up and blah 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 but you talk a little bit about the bunk as well like ah oh, <laughs> i would i would recommend uh, to close the door or to put the bunk a little bit up or down like you have these bunk chit chat right you do that with nico yeah a little bit like we yeah. make the bed for each other will and i we ask each other what should we wear before we go to bed like just a t-shirt or a jumper that's basically the, the options you have yeah now it's getting really warm here it feels a bit like in the doldrums or trade winds it's what is it 20 more than 20 degrees in the cabin yeah and little rain squalls the sky lots of convection the sky yeah. looks like a trade wind sky with tall uh, cumulus mountains yeah and clouds puffs. like very puffy puffy shifty so now we have like uh, eight knots of breeze and sometimes it's 11 and it's just, uh, I don't know. Talking about the race, it's a long upwind to Cap Finisterre. So when you, whenever you are sailing do an upwind, upwind thing, you need to tack. The boat cannot sail directly against the wind. Yes, exactly. Most of you will already know. Yeah. Uh, but it can sail upward like a 45 degree angle to the wind. I would say our boat is more like a 55 degree angle to the wind. Yeah. You know that in the Middle Age, people got burned when they sailed closer to the wind than 90 degrees because they said uh, this is kind of it's impossible, impossible. really yeah. and you they burned the people they said really? they go with the devil to do this like a witch yeah like they said they they're, they're witches, witches. Oh, how do you you know often out these fun facts little fun facts yeah, yeah you used to read quite a bit you told me yesterday <laughs> so we uh, exactly so we <coughs> we go 55 degrees to the wind yeah. and then it's a big gamble a little bit because we sail all the way to the right of the race course yeah and when you do that uh, at one stage you need to tack and for that you you wish that the wind does a rotation to the right because then you have the advantage after you tack to be lifted in our case, on starboard tech, yeah. we're now sailing on port for three days. For three days? <laughs> uh, we're getting lifted, lifted, lifted here, the 180 true in direction. We're only, on the weather models, we're only expecting like 200, the wind further right. And then so, if the wind doesn't turn to 200 or 210 or 220, yeah, at one point. The, the tech will look very terrible, the track. It yeah. will look like sailing back to, to Lorient or something. Yeah, if you look at the tracker, you see often like, so you, you see the track of the boats, and then you can see like the heading. You see like if the, I don't know how to explain this, but what you, you mean that the trajectory of the boats yes. are usually, you know, you see someone is going into a shift, taking advantage, and then driving or taking out, so it makes a nice exactly trajectory. Yeah. So like uh, a trajectory where you have soft angles in the corners yeah in your jibes and tacks you want to smoothen it out a smooth trajectory yeah une trajectoire tendue we say in french and that's basically what we do the whole day like and what's nico doing as well and or it was we'll do the navigation there all the time looking at okay uh, what weather is ahead what shift are we expecting how far do we sail into the shifts and what's the timing when do we go and then you keep an eye on your competitor as well and yeah you try to you try to be as smart as possible and now, we're, uh, because we're a little bit behind, we look at the position of our competitors all the time and see, okay, is the wind dying or is the wind shifting? And we look at the position of the Volvo 65s too. Although they still like a different race, like a different class, we, we see the speed, so we take some knowledge from, from their actions. The best indicator for what the wind is at another 
place here on the water is the, are the other boats. Yeah. We see the angle they sail and know exactly what wind direction must be there. <coughs> um, no other information, weather information is that reliable. Yeah. So we, we, got, we got into this corner now. We are in the corner of the race course in the, to the west here and need to make our way south somehow, but we need a wind shift for that. The reason we went here is that the wind angle was just too too good for this tag, and yeah. it would have looked terrible to tag earlier. Yeah. Um, and also, we expect more wind here in the west, and we see that a bit on the tracker at the moment. We're gaining on eleven on what's on their name, Holzim and Biotem. Yeah. Um, with this better angle and more wind. Yeah. Um, but at one point, you need to go south too because we can't just sail to to back to the USA. So the race is still going. It's not yeah. that we are just trailing behind. We are winning some miles back and having a close eye, keeping a close eye on these things. Yeah, um, and still so much to happen. Like it's another 1,700 miles. But it's a snake. Oh no, a little bit less, 1,500 miles. It's a, like a, a such a slow pace at the yeah. moment. No, it's really. so different than any other. Like like the boat feels so different. It's like wow. Actually, we have time to. I don't know to to read to read to chat to <laughs> go outside. Yeah. There's just not so much to read on the boat. It's yeah, not. I don't have any films on my phone. Just one that I gave to Antoine. Oh yeah. A few podcasts, but I didn't like them. Oh, <laughs> what are you listening to? Uh, there's a, a good series of podcasts. Hoisting the sail. It's called. Uh, German. It is people in New York make this. They, uh, they, the, the group is called Wind Support, and the series of podcasts about uh, cargo um, cargo ships with wind. Ah, yeah, yeah. Or wind system for cargo ships. And the, the last episode I tried to read uh, to listen to was with a famous um, race sailor who has turned into a, a manager for these cargo vessel sails called Solid Sails. Unfortunately, the audio quality of that podcast is not so easy, and um, it's just it was not so easy to get into it. I find that's a quite interesting topic. I, I know you've you read yourself into this topic more and more. You're, um, yeah. Yeah, I'm really into that topic, and and you know, but these last three days changed a lot my perspective on cargo wind shipping. <laughs> because there's Be no wind. No, because you really realize. Imagine we, you know, like in the summer in Europe was a big high pressure. Mm. Your sails they can just do that much, and yeah. I think this this trip we had done so far, a cargo vessel had been would have been 99% engine and yeah. 1% assistance. But if you look at like more the, the Atlantic crossings where you have like the steady trade winds, yeah, that yeah, can yeah. be beneficial. Sure, it makes me realize the wind support will be only one element of the solution. We really need to clean fuels for the cargo vessels. A what, sorry? Clean fuels. Yeah. Or carbon capture or some, something else. Yeah. To decarbonize shipping. <coughs> so, but still, wind is, is pretty interesting, I yeah. find. But not easy. Not yeah. easy to replace fuel where you just put the, the pedal down and exactly. full steam ahead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. But it's like uh, we're getting more into this. I think we're on a good way, but there's still a long way to go. By the way, 11th hour racing, they left yesterday. Yeah, they are back on the tracker. If yeah. you dear listeners look on the tracker, there's one shaded blue symbol, that the, the, the Imoka number four, now near the Strait of Dover or somewhere in the English Channel. Yeah. 
they left, they managed to repair this hole, the hole in their boat after the crash. So big. You can see, you can walk through it. There was like the deck, the side, and the bottom of the boat was yeah. crashed and, and then cut out. Wow, that was really yeah, like, shocking images and shocking, shocking footage actually. What came of that boat? But I'm happy that they are back on the water and that they make their way to Genoa. Yeah, I they will not be so far behind us. Huh? I hope we get a bit of news from them. We should start chatting a bit. I don't know even who the crew is at the moment. We had no news from them. No, but uh, the other crew was fine. This like. We have a WhatsApp group with Race Direction and they just took them out straight away. Really? When, when 11th hour retired, 11th hour was taken out from the WhatsApp group. Which is a bit of shame. Which I find it nice to keep the contact. But we can set up a new WhatsApp group with other boats and do a nice video call or something. Yeah. Just to see how everyone is doing. For sure we must have some other groups together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and for us it's another... Um, how long? It's another 10 days, 9 days to Genoa. Quite long. We speak about rationing food. Yeah. Um, doesn't stress me so much. Yesterday I was more stressed about it. Today I'm a bit stressed about it because I had a bad food day. Yeah? Actually my lunch was super good but the rest of the day is not so good. Your breakfast? No, no breakfast. I'm, I saved the breakfast for the last days. I already tried to like... Um, it's crazy, huh? How save a bit of food. How we anticipate yeah. already. It's Mentally. I, yeah. I, I, I feel it like each thing I eat. <laughs> I yeah. eat it much more consciously, <laughs> but it's actually nice. I, it's very nice. You know, you, I know that Rosie has this nice chocolate yeah. in her pouch and I just stole before this. I stole like one little chunk and then a second one. And I, I was really, this was the absolute maximum, you know, of chocolate for me today. Because I don't have chocolate. We don't have snacks out. Yeah. And, you know, you, you appreciate it much you more. You appreciate it much more and you enjoy it. But the fun thing is now if you share something, it really means something. Uh, yeah, when you, when, you, when you give something away. I did once um, with my friend Ryan a race around the Barcelona World Race, starting in Barcelona, around the world, back, 100, 200 days. Uh, 200 no, days? No, 100, 100 oh, days. Oh, wow. And, you know, we started New Year's Eve and arrived on the 12th of April. So the 12th of April was my first day on land in that race. And we had very, very, 2010, you know. Oh, yeah. So th we had very, very little food. We were quite crazy about weight, obsessed, yeah. especially Ryan. So he pushed for that. He had even less food than I had. Really? And then we were planning food for 90 days. And we, we oh. knew early on it was, would be 100 because the ice gate has changed so far north. And then we were halfway through, started starting to ration. And we had so little. You know, no, almost no snacks anyway. And then we would have like this very tiny M&M, for example, <laughs> the, the yellow pouch yeah, that yeah, you get at the cinema. So nice. for, you know, <laughs> the little one. Yeah. It's anyway, so when you eat that alone, you eat it like in two seconds and you don't even notice. Yeah, but then every so M&M. is what we had for one week. No. And we would like count them and sort them by color <laughs> and discuss who gets which color. <laughs> and you know, like, you know, you have two per day. Yeah. All oh. in the morning, watch I eat one M&M. And that really, that that really stuck to me. Also, it, it yeah, even changed. It's a nice way. It even changed many habits for me in my life. You know, we had a paper towel, kitchen paper towel. Yeah. And on that boat, we didn't have the inside comfort but You're always outside, always wet hands. So each time uh. you come in, normally take a chunk of kitchen towel to clean to dry my hands yeah. because they get so salty and so so bad. Yeah. 
Yeah, but the whole perspective of, of like um, and then not supplies. having you know having so limited amount of paper towel, you know, okay, I can basically use one per day maybe. Yeah. And now at home, if I see anyone like using just a big yeah. chunk and throwing it away just to clean up a little little thing, yeah, then I'm, I still have to just take half of it. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Apply. I was yesterday. If if I take a little piece of paper towel first, I clean my glasses with it when I wear glasses. <laughs> like you use it all the time like this one single piece but the thing is even uh, water because we are so limited right we we make from salt water with a water maker we make uh, uh, fresh water but it takes much energy so it's it's a whole process and then when I'm back on land and someone is just opening the tap and is leaving the tap open while brushing their teeth I'm, I'm really it's shocking me oh yeah, yeah yeah it's like yeah it's just different we are so limited in the supplies and you're yeah, but I think you're more conscious, but I think it's a good thing. It's a really good thing. Yeah, to have lived through 100 days with very, very limited supplies. Yeah. But it can be even, you know, a bit joyful. It simplifies life too, huh? Yes. You don't need to think, oh, I eat too much chocolate. <laughs> it's yeah. just not the case. No, and it's this no is like, option. it's funny because this is like third, uh, third world problems, what we're speaking about now. Like first world problems. Sorry, first world problems, because we have so much and but this is only a couple of percentage. Like, like there are so many people in the world who experience it every day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who are yeah, conscious yeah. about water every day, and if they eat an M and M, it's a, it's a very special treatment. So. Or meat, yeah. Or meat, or whatever There's food. Way in too much meat in our diet here in our freeze dried. I, I wish there were more nice ones without meat. Yes, we should do actually a little like uh, ask to anyone who is making freeze-dried or wet meals we would be so keen to have ah. more vegan meals this could be our moment for the advertisement this is the advertisement section uh, we really like to eat like proper meals with uh, much vegetables because often it's so much potato or 50% so, rice and then you have a like a lot of meat but personally I don't like meat so much and I think in general we should eat less meat anyway so I'm happy if they put like a lot of vegetables that would be great, no? Yeah. Lentils I like. Yeah. Stuff like that. Potatoes. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, and just like dried veggies. Just we will put some water in it and it just it's better for the body. Yeah. Look, the wind turned further left. Ah yeah. If we attack now oh. we sail back. We sail where back. We, came from. Uh -huh. yeah. we are so dependent on the wind gods, huh? We should give them a little bit of rum maybe. <laughs> I will put a bit of rum uh, at the end of my watch in the water to, <laughs> to share in the sea to just tame the wind god so that they are a bit gentle with us. They could like sneak us five miles into into the leader so at least we get them back on AIS yeah. to track them, to see them. Sometimes I'm thinking about this, what if we can, can control the weather? But I'm so happy that we cannot. I think it's so good because we control so much in life, way too much. So I'm happy that the weather, the nature is just... You really think we control so much? <laughs> yeah, we sure. control so much. <gasps> I don't feel so in control. No, but I mean, if you look at the land, like the things we're building... Hmm. No, yeah. you, don't, you, don't, you don't agree? Building, true. I'm not involved in building. But <gasps> if you see, like, if you just step on land and you just look at the land, you see so much concrete, yeah. houses, theme parks, whatever we, we're building. I'm so happy that we cannot control the weather. Sometimes I think, what if Holly could control the weather? <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be perfect. Ah, yeah, we're just moving along. 
there's a, a, probably a phase of nothingness. Yeah. We just have nothing to say anymore. A little bit. Here. Yeah. We're just still. Maybe people have, uh, have the same feeling sometimes in their lives. Just waiting for the wind to shift so we can actually get back into it. Yeah. Any wind shift <coughs> further right than 200 or 210, we would take and just tag. It would be a would be a relief to be able to tag. Yeah. It's, it's rare that I have we need it. been daring, waiting for a tag. This so funny, much. for me, that's the first feeling, in the, the, the first time in this whole race that I have a feeling like this. Like really like waiting for it to come. Waiting for something. Yeah. I know very precisely what's my best moment so far in this. Yeah. Apart from the start day, which was epic. And you make me quite cu curious now. It was yesterday or was it this morning? I can't remember. The days blend so much into each other. Yeah. I can really not distinguish I days and watches. It's more like the watches. Yeah, I have the feeling we're three weeks it's here already. Was it, was it yesterday or previous one? I think it was yesterday. And I am. Um, I was standing on deck with Antoine, looking at dolphins on the bow. That was yesterday. That was, they were so beautiful. They, were, they turned their belly, their, their, light, their belly is a bit white or light gray. So they swim next to the bow, turn a bit, and they, I think they look up. Like the small dolphins? Or the big no, ones? they were quite big. And they turn, and then you see their eye, and then they go dark, and they, so they do this for a while and play like this with the bow. Uh, this moment I enjoyed most on this trip. Ah, yeah. It's rare to look them really so close into their into their eye. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice animals. It's so nice to be accompanied by by nature, by animals. Especially these small dolphins that jump out of the water and they really look you look in the eye. Imagine how many moments of those we miss because we're just in here, like yeah. looking at the computer screen, and probably they are coming much more often. Yes. Yeah, for sure. I think if, if I compare this with a, for example, an open boat, like a 65, I think we see like maybe 25% of the wildlife. You're what more you connected know? to nature. We a always get asked how much wildlife we see and it's really not much. Yeah. Well, in the whole trip around the world. But maybe you remember these moments. Like all the moments I, I saw animals like the albatross or even a whale or like turtles, you, you remember this. It's, very, it's, it's quite special. Yeah, I've never seen turtles from a race boat. Ah, yeah? I think I saw when we, when we sailed from Brazil to uh, Newport. Mm. I find it amazing that they managed to paddle across the Atlantic. Yeah. And find the same beach where they, got, where they were born. Yeah. The mystery is in nature. How can they navigate and find this place? They can't see anything from the water. Yeah. Well, they're so low in the water, they cannot see landmarks. A natural compass. Yeah. Also birds, huh? And it's actually science has not found the answers to this question. Yeah. A friend of mine um, works in this uh, field of research in my hometown, Oldenburg, a biologist, and they are trying to find out how birds navigate. And oh, yeah. the whole uh, research program is funded by the US military. So I was really kind of surprised to hear that the US military would fund a big research campaign in my hometown. Wow. Uh, they build an, a, a building which they completely seal from, magnetic, from the magnetic field of the Earth to kind of figure out what it is that the bird that makes really? the birds navigate. They send them through this hole that they, that they build and 
find out if the bird finds the right direction. And what, what, you, I think you told me the story, but I forgot the clue. Yeah, they cut off little parts of the bird to see in which part of it. It's just not so nice. So oh. don't show this podcast to your kids. Huh? No. <laughs> oh. It's a bit sad, but that's the way how they try to find it out. But do they know in the end how to no. navigate? No. They couldn't figure it out yet. Mm, interesting. Okay, if anyone knows the answers, please send yes. us an email with the explanations for this life mystery. Yes. How do turtles find their beach and how do birds navigate? navigate? Yeah, that's pretty nice. I think that's a uh, that's, uh, highlight of our science curiosity today. Yeah. Um, and to give you a little insight in our like uh, more technical aspect of the sailing, because people, some people ask for it, we're, we're sailing upwind quite some days now, and the main thing what we are what we are trimming is the is the rake. So we have the foils, and the foil is fully extended, like the port, like the, the the leeward foil, the one what's in the water. And when it's very light, we take the rake off. And when it's like more breeze, we put more rake. And to to, to explain the concept of rake, in the front of the foil we have like a rake ram and it's driven, it's hydraulically driven with the pedestal and if you like put more rake then the, the, the ram is pushing the foil a bit forward and, and it generates a bit more lift but it generates a writing moment too so that's a bit of the balance what and we're drag. playing with and drag, exactly so that's basically what we're trimming in, in these days yeah, it's, it is sailing as most people know sailing yeah. Little gains. Little trim gains. a bit and you don't even see the difference. And then this and that and it's just like slow. This is like really the image that people have from sailing. That's why some friends of mine are scared of go coming sailing because they think it's just way too boring. Yeah. And it is a bit boring like this. But then when we sail fast oh, and the boat so lifts nice. up and you change your wake and it makes you jump or like fall down or it's, it can be really nerve-wracking. It's nerve-wracking. It's extreme sports. It's, it's the same feeling I have when I do extreme skiing or kite surfing or whatever. It's like so nice. Then the fire inside of you is burning and you just want to scream. Most of the days have been like that. Exactly. And yeah. a long period like this, we haven't experienced yet. Yeah, this is just a different, different state of mind. And, you know, I, I realize as well, like the environment, is having such a big impact on your body and mental state. Like a little bit what we said yesterday, if it's full on with the weather, with the waves, you and the boat is tensed, you just feel tensed in your body. And when it's calm, like now, you, you relax. And I think what you just said, Boris, like uh, before the podcast, you said that you have the feeling that everyone is coming into a very relaxed state. We're deeply relaxing, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. It's fun. Nico is waking up, so that means that maybe it's almost the end of my watch. Since 12 minutes. Oh, since 12 minutes. Oh, that's pretty good. We're checking so how do you here. feel today from 0 to 10? I feel uh, 8. You? Also 8. Yeah? Pretty nice. Okay. Then it's uh, only left to ask you guys how do you feel today from 0 to 10? And don't forget it's Monday, so... Some people might be a little bit hangover, some people might think, oh, an another week. Some people might think, oh, yes, it's another week. And maybe interesting for yourself to find out why you, how you think about this. It's Monday and there's another week coming. Oh, I will think about it too. Yeah, I didn't too. even know it was Monday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we have no... no Weekdays no are for us irrelevant now. Yeah. Only that maybe now we get a bit more chat and communication from our team. Yes. Yeah, exactly. 
Let's see. Let's, Let's see. see. Okay, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. This was another episode of The End of Watch. Ciao. Bye. Bye.